Welcome to the Texas Values Report. This is Jonathan Sines, president of Texas Values. Great to be with you on another glorious week in the great state of Texas. Hope that you're enjoying this April weather. Maybe you're out there having some fun with some baseball, whatever. You're at a garage sale. You're, you know, hopping around uh, the city. Whatever you're choosing to do and you're listening to us, you may be listening at another time on the podcast. You know, not only does this show run every week on Saturday from noon to, to 1230, it's also online. It's on iTunes. It's on SoundCloud. We're, on, we're online through the um, website here at The Bridge. All kinds of great ways to connect with us. If you've been to the show and heard the show before, you know we talk about the issues of faith, family, and freedom as they relate directly to Texas. And so, and look, there's no question that Texas has an impact across the country, not just within our state. So it's oftentimes that we'll bring guests in from a national perspective to tell us what's going on on the national level and what we should be concerned about on these issues on faith, family, and freedom. And hey, look, when I think about faith, family, and freedom, not only do I think about my organization, Texas Values, I think about Family Research Council, which is where a lot of the ideas and kind of the model of Texas values came from, from a national perspective. So we're going to jump right into our first guest and have him come on because he is actually one of the leadership members for Family Research Council. Lieutenant General Jerry Boykin is going to be our guest today. I'm sure you've heard of him. If you haven't, that's okay. That's why it's good to listen to this show. We bring some great guests on. He is a founding member of the Delta Force. He is a world-class expert on leadership and teamwork. He was one of the original members of the Delta Force. He has also commanded this elite warrior group in combat operations. He commanded all the Army's general, uh, the Army's Green Berets, as well as Special Warfare Center and School. He's got 36 years in the Army. He also served a tour in the CIA. And he is an ordained minister with a passion for leading and spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ, encouraging Christians to become more warriors in God's kingdom. And since 2012, General Boykin has served as the executive vice president of the Washington, D.C.-based Family Research Council. General Boykin, welcome to the Texas Values Report. Jonathan, thank you very much. It's great to be with you. Well, we're reunited again, my friend. We saw each other about a week ago or so uh, in San Antonio, uh, a week before the Final Four and National Championship game was played, and I was just mesmerized by your talk. You know, for our listeners out there that haven't heard or seen you on Fox News or heard you on the radio show on Tony, Tony Perkins's Washington Watch, we know you comment a lot on the policy issues of faith, family, and freedom. Oftentimes it's from the military's perspective, and that's what we're going to focus on today. But you've got a wide expanse of knowledge when it comes to these policy areas. And you talked about, though, some of your experience in San Antonio when we were there a week or so ago about just things where you reflected on your own personal faith and things that have come up as people can imagine when it comes to military service. And one of the things I was excited about, which is, not a surprise with someone who's got such a great history in the military. You've also got a Texas connection. You told me at one point you spent time in Fort Hood early in your military career, I imagine. 
Oh, absolutely. My first assignment uh, as a young second lieutenant right out of Virginia Tech was Fort Hood, Texas. And uh, that was at a time when Fort Hood was built for one division, and they actually had two divisions on that post, so everything was crowded, and, and uh, of course, it was hot. And uh, my wife and I thought, if, if, if it's not going to get any better, we're not going to hang around too long. But once we got settled in, we really uh, came to love and appreciate the, not only the fort there, but the city of Kyleen. So I, I consider that to be uh, a great experience that we had there in Texas. Well, amen to that. Speaking of your family, um, General Boykin's family is his, his wife, Ashley, as you heard him mention. He also has five children. He's got a growing number of grandchildren, as it's described on his bio. And, you know, look, you care not only about uh, the people in the military and the culture. You've got a family that you support, that you care about. And, you know, that's why so many of us care about what's happening in our culture. And it's no different from you. You're a leader when it comes to these issues. General Boykin is the Wheat Chair for Leadership Studies at Hampton Sydney College in Virginia. There is a good reason to bring very important information, well-studied information to a lot of these debates. And there are two things we're going to talk about today with General Boykin. I'm sure we may get into a few other things, but the two main stories we're going to cover, first of all, there is a, a breaking story from someone from the military, an Air Force member, Colonel Leland Bohannon, who was involved in a religious liberty dispute regarding his religious liberty rights. We're going to talk about that. We're also going to talk about what happened last week with Trump in reinstating and, and further giving some detail to his policy regarding the fitness of troops when it comes to people that want to come into the military and are questioning whether or not they want to transition from a man to a woman and the impact that could happen have on the readiness of our troops. General Boykin, let's first talk about this story because it's, it's largely new, and this is a, a Todd Starnes story we're referring to, but it's related to, I believe, our friends at First Liberty Institute and Kelly Shackelford that have been involved in this issue where you have an Air Force colonel who was on the verge of being promoted to a one-star general when he was suspended from his command. And he was punished after he declined to sign a certificate of spouse appreciation for retiring master sergeant same-sex spouse. We continue to see people of faith in, more, in the military uh, fall victim, if you will, to these attacks on their faith. Tell us a little bit about this issue as you know it. Well, uh, Colonel Leland Bohannon, a distinguished career in the United States Air Force, um, an aviator and uh, a man that had uh, been into combat and served his country very honorably, uh, was, uh, just as you said, was asked to sign a uh, same-sex marriage appreciation certificate for a same-sex couple, and uh, he uh, decided that it uh, it would violate his conscience. For him to do that, which would be uh, celebrating the marriage between two men, and he found that objectionable from his uh, the perspective of his faith. So he went to a two-star general. Remember, this is two grades, two ranks higher than him. He went to a two-star general and had the two-star general sign the, the appreciation for the couple. But uh, that was not good enough for them. Uh, So they filed uh, a complaint against Colonel Bohannon. And and again, it it is not about accepting marriage. 
it's about celebrating it as far as the LGBT community goes. You know, they could have taken this certificate signed by Two Star, which you would think would have been, it made them much happier than a colonel. Uh, but that not for them. No, they were this was they were activists, and they were going to force this man to be punished for not celebrating their same-sex union. And when he was relieved of all his duties, uh, First Liberty, uh, out of Texas, uh, went, uh, went to see him and uh, said, we'll defend you if you want to fight. And uh, when he said, I want to fight, they then called us, and we got petitions up, and we had letters written, and we, uh, we went after uh, the commander of his organization, as well as the inspector general of the Air Force, for having uh, ultimately supported this ruling, and I'm, I've got to tell you, it is—it's a sweet victory that they have now uh, not only overturned the ruling of the inspector general, but they've completely purged his uh, his record of, of any wrongdoing whatsoever. He's been totally exonerated, and it is—it is exactly what we wanted to see. We're talking with General Jerry Boykin. He's the executive vice president of Washington, D.C.-based Family Research Council. Our good friend Tony Perkins, that leads that organization. He's a founding member of the Delta Force. Tremendous, uh, almost unmatched military experience in his background. And we're talking about this recent issue of religious liberty and the impact that it had on a colonel in the Air Force. As a matter of fact, what happened originally in this case is an equal opportunity. A so-called equal opportunity investigator determined that the colonel had discriminated against the gay airman, but then later a decision was made to reverse this decision, and a director in the military concluded that Colonel Bohannon had the right to exercise his sincerely held religious belief and did not lawfully discriminate in this situation when he declined to sign the Certificate of Appreciation. I mean, we're talking about a Certificate of Appreciation. Colonel Bohannon, we're not talking about military issues. This is in the military. You know, people talk a lot about, oh, you know, whether uh, that their personal decisions are not going to impact other people's lives. We knew that wasn't true, you know, a decade or so ago when we started seeing people that support same-sex marriage use these arguments. Colonel Bohannon has flown combat missions in Iraq and Afghanistan. He's a recipient of the Bronze Star, the Defense Meritorious Service Medal and Air Medal. And here he is about to face, uh, you know, issues and face punishment because of a certificate of appreciation for someone else in the military. Just to give our listeners, General Boyk, an idea of, of, of some of the things that we see people that are trying to focus on defending our country now having to deal with. No, you're absolutely right. And uh, what's, what's important to understand is that this, this got really bad under uh, the, the Obama administration. Uh, and... To his credit, uh, I think President Trump, as a commander-in-chief, has made it very clear that he is not going to tolerate this kind of stuff in the military. Now, what has to happen is, and this is a good indicator, the paradigm has to shift. Commanders in the military and all military services have to realize that their first responsibility is to protect the religious liberty of the men and women that serve this country. And their first response to a threat of a lawsuit against them uh, or a threat of a complaint being filed against them um, has to be, no, 
That's not what's important. What's important is that I protect the religious liberty of my uh, airmen, my soldiers, my sailors, my Marines, or whatever it happens to be. That paradigm is shifting, and that's exactly what we want to see happen. Well, and that leads us to our next story. You know, thinking about what the military is having to deal with these days, while the focus should be on making sure they're ready to defend our country, to defend our people, you've got this other issue where a story last week where President Trump has reinstated a policy regarding how the issue of of so-called transgender issues will be handled in the military when you have people that are biological men that either want to transition, they want to use tax dollars to have a, you know, a, a surgery where they uh, alter their body and all of these things. It's raised a lot of concerns and questions. And so we've got more detail to this policy where President Trump has made it clear that he wants to focus on military readiness. We've got a, a new report and information from Secretary of Defense James Mattis, James Mattis on this issue, where he talks about the, that the Department of Defense has concluded there are substantial risks associated with allowing the accession and retention of individuals with a history or diagnosis of gender dysphoria and require or have already undertaken a course of treatment to change their gender. And so you've seen now a President Trump supporting a policy that updates some of these things. And and look, if, if people are, are they're trying to sign up, if it's it's not going to affect people that are already serving in the military and have stability, but people that are trying to now come into the military, there's going to be some standards in place on this issue. What was your reaction and your thoughts when you saw this updated policy statement from President Trump on this issue? Well, I think it took a lot of courage for the president to uh, do an executive order that uh, that did bar transgenders from the military. And no, I think it's courageous because what he essentially did is he took on a very vicious entity within our uh, in our society today, and that's the entire LGBT community. And and keep in mind that I was in the building at the Family Research Council where an LGBT activist came in and shot our building manager. So so you know, for people to even suggest that I don't know what I'm talking about. Uh, I beg to differ with you, but he took he 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 made a very bold decision when he barred them. You know the military today is just like it was the day it was created. It has one mission, and that is to win the nation's wars. And every decision made by the president and every decision made by the Congress about the military should be made after they've asked a simple question. How does this contribute to the readiness of our military and their ability to win wars? And if you can't make a case that a decision you're making contributes to the readiness, then you should not make that decision. Nobody has ever made a case as to how integrating transgenders into the military actually contributes to readiness. But I can make a case for how it detracts from readiness. And it detracts from readiness for a number of reasons, not the least of which is if you're going through surgery or you're going through hormone therapy, there's a period of time where you're not going to be able to deploy. If you can't deploy, you can't help win the nation's wars. The other thing is that even Johns Hopkins University has has made very clear that gender dysphoria is a psychological disease. We don't take people, never have taken people, that were in high-risk categories for suicide or 
um, major medical problems and that type of thing. And people would that have undergone the transgender process, either the gender reassignment surgery and the uh, hormone therapy or one or the other, uh, the latest data that I've seen, they're about 19 times higher uh, risk of suicide than someone who has not been through that. And I would just tell you, you cannot make a case that that's going to enhance military readiness in any way. Well, you and, and look, I mean, you can't ignore that, right? People can't ignore the fact. I mean, even the LGBT groups, the transgender activists themselves, they try to publicize this information more about how high the suicide attempt rates are compared to the general population on average, if you will. So, you know, it's not as if that information's not out there that you and I are making this up. This is coming from their side, if you will. It's that information is public and out there. How high the suicide rate is. This new policy by President Trump will apply to the Army, Navy, Air Force, Marines, Coast Guard, and so on. And so I think we're going to see a lot more on this. But look, this is what leadership looks like from the top. We'll see what how, how, how it works its way through as it gets implemented and if we see any court activity. But it's meeting the problem and the issue right where it is and not ignoring it. Before we close out, and we're talking with General Boykin, who's the executive vice president of Family Research Council. General Boykin, you touched on it for just a minute. I'd like to close out the segment in a more of a personal way, if you don't mind. Tell us a little bit more about what happened with that situation where you had an active shooter come into Family Research Council's offices uh, intending to murder, to take the lives of as many people as possible, and you found yourself there, and it really also gave you a good idea of why the Lord had you there. Uh, Even though you felt confident about it, it, that point, it just made it very 100% clear. Tell our listeners a little bit about that in our last few minutes. Yeah, it was the 15th of August, 2012. I'd only been here about three weeks, and I heard shots in the lobby. Uh, I ran down to the lobby, and there was uh, the building manager with a gaping bullet hole in his arm, and he uh, was down with one knee on the neck of a of a shooter and a pistol laying in front of the shooter and the shooter was an LGBT activist who told the judge that he came in to kill as many of us as possible uh, and I think uh, Tony Perkins and I were probably his uh, primary targets but uh, he couldn't get by the building manager the building manager stopped him an unarmed building manager he was not a guard he was just a building manager but a very courageous one and he just uh, he rushed the guy, and the guy shot him in the arm as he rushed him. The guy had a 9 millimeter pistol and 100 rounds of ammunition and 15 Chick-fil-A sandwiches, and he told the, the judge that he was going to kill as many as possible and rub Chick-fil-A sandwiches in their face. And, of course, that was, uh, you know, right after uh, Dan Cathy had uh, made it very clear that he stood for marriage between a man and a woman and, and there had been this big uh, uh, outpouring of support for him through the uh, Chick-fil-A uh, organization. Anyhow, as I ran there and I, I stood there looking down at what happened, I, I I really felt the Lord speaking to me and assuring me that uh, the times that I should have died in the past in combat and, and training access and that type of thing, uh, and I wondered why God had saved me, particularly 
in Mogadishu, Somalia, when the man next to me was killed. And I asked the Lord, why did you take him and not me? And I asked that for a long time. I asked it for a lot of years. Uh, well, the Lord answered my prayer that day as I stood in that lobby, and he said, I, I, I spared you for this fight. And this is the fight for the culture. This is the fight for the future of your grandchildren. And I knew I was where I was supposed to be, and I'm still here. Well, we're glad you're here. Uh, you think a lot of people just, they, they're not aware of that issue and story. I mean, I know it's been covered a lot. Y'all talked a lot about it at Family Research Council, but I think, you know, a lot of people weren't aware that that happened. I mean, and just you think about how much worse it could have been. And so I am I really enjoyed hearing it a week and a half ago in, in San Antonio. You talk a little bit more about that and your connection with it and how it brought things so full circle. And you think about these different opportunities we have in our lives to continue to serve. I'm thankful that you were able to come onto the show today. Gen- Lieutenant General Jerry Boykin has been our guest today. He's an American hero. He's a policy expert. And even though he's from North Carolina, he is welcome in Texas anytime, General Boykin. We would uh, love to have you back, love to have you in studio, and love to have you back in Texas. And we thank you for being our guest today on the Texas Values Report. Well, thank you very much. I look forward to seeing you. Yes, sir, we do. And, you know, look, I mean, General Boykin, the Executive Vice President Family Research Council, but tremendous people there too. Tony Perkins, that whole group, the association we continue to have with this group is tremendous. And we, we just say, God bless you, General Boykin in your travel, wherever you are and um, keep you safe out there. And we'll look forward to seeing you again soon. Okay. Thank you. Well, good stuff. Wow. General Lieutenant General Jerry Boykin, if you haven't seen any of his media interviews, if you haven't seen any of the exchanges he's had on national media, on Fox, on all kinds of uh, you know cable stations, so on. Some great video out there of his debates and his discussions on these policy issues. You know, and when he's got all that military gear on, man, that's hard to argue. I mean, he is authentic. He's for real. I mean, let me let me make sure I read this right. He was the founding one of the founding members of the Delta Force. Okay, if you don't know anything about the Delta Force and some of these um, military forces, the Green Berets, read up on them. I mean, these guys are for real. I mean, to get through that type of training and then to continue to lead those people, you're talking about an elite group of individuals in that space that they're in. And, and you look, I mean, I, there's so many awards that he has. I, I, don't, I can't even list them all. Um, they keep going. I'm going to throw in a couple, though. Combat Infantry Badge, Legion of Merit, Ranger Tab, Bronze Star, Purple Heart. So, but, you know, the focus of our time with him was about policy. We could talk about his military history quite a bit. It's certainly relevant. But I'm glad that we were able to bring people like that on who see it. You know, we talked about the issue with the military's dealing with this lieutenant colonel who's having his religious liberty rights. We've had that happen in Texas. As a matter of fact, the city he was in, San Antonio, where he spoke a week and a half ago, there was a member of the military from that community as well that um, had something similar happen to him. And First Liberty got involved and helped him and got that issue resolved. And so we don't see these issues going away. Unfortunately, we see more of them happening. That's why it's important for you to get engaged. If you're not registered to vote, there's a runoff election happening in Texas. Uh, I know there's a lot of attention in March of last month. 
two or three weeks ago, big elections, but there are several races that are going to a runoff. Some of them are for Court of Appeals in Central Texas and also in the Dallas area. Some are for State House in San Antonio, also in north of Waco that go east to Corsicana. You've got a race in Washington County um, in the surrounding areas of Brenham. You've also got a, a race up in the Dallas area that's a Texas House seat that's going to a runoff. You've got a congressional seat in the Central Texas area, a congressional seat going to a runoff in Houston. A lot of activity, probably some local races that are going to a runoff. So stay engaged and, and be informed. If you still need to register to vote, if you missed that first cycle and, and you're new to Texas or you moved or whatever, still time to register to vote. I believe you have until the third week of April in order to register to vote for the May runoff elections. Early voting starts May 14th. The main election day, I believe, is May 22nd. So you still got time to register to vote and be engaged. And look, there are a lot of these issues that are happening at the state level, some at the federal level, and a lot of discussion about religious liberty. You know, we had a guest on a couple of months ago, Ryan Anderson's got a great book out about the transgender issue, if you will. The title of the book is When Harry Became Sally. Make sure you heard that right. When Harry Became Sally, for some of my older listeners out there, you might think of the movie When Harry Met Sally, kind of a play on words on that. But that's what we see happening. We see men who are changing themselves in a different way and becoming women, as they say. Some of them are not changing their body parts. They're not going through the surgeries. They're just changing their name. And maybe they change something, some aspect of their visit, of their appearance or not. Um, you know, there's not any clear standard that you have to follow to consider yourself transgender. It's all about how you identify individually. So a lot of moving parts on these issues that you want to stay up to date with. There's an update on the pro-life issue. You want to check that out at our website, txvalues.org. Also go to our Facebook page for Texas Values. Look, we're starting a new month. That means we could really use your financial support. We're a 501c3 nonprofit organization. You can give today at txvalues.org. And we'll look forward to having you here next week where we talk about faith, family, and freedom in Texas.